streaming on Paramount Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. All right, what's going on? Welcome to Canal and Bell on this Monday. We have a huge show that we have to get to. A ton of stuff. We're going to get to Colin Kaepernick's workout. Tua's injury. We got to get to Lamar Jackson, who continues to just tear apart the NFL and Miles Garrett. We still haven't got to talk about it because we were off last Friday. So I want to hit on that too. I can't wait to get your thoughts on that one as well. But first, really kind of one of the bigger, I was doing college football studio work in New York for CBS Mm -hmm. Sports Network. And as I was doing this, we're supposed to be covering college football, right? And yet one of the bigger storylines, it was kind of overwhelming what was a really big college football Saturday was the mess that was going on with Colin Kaepernick trying to get his workout done. So there are some moving parts to this discussion. I'll try to lay out the facts, and then we'll kind of break it down. So we had talked last week about him you know, having this workout and what was going to happen, and I was optimistic, saying, hey, this is a good sign. Maybe this will be the start of something where he can get an opportunity. But it turned into something much more significant, much worse, whatever way you want to look at it, because there was this workout that was scheduled to occur in Atlanta out the, at the Falcons uh, facility. There were up to 24 teams that were supposed to be atten- in attendance. But a few hours before that scheduled workout, Cap and his rep moved the workout because the NFL, they said, asked him to sign an unusual liability waiver and the league denied his request to allow all media in. After the fact, uh, the NFL released a statement saying, we are disappointed that Colin did not appear for his workout. Today's session was designed to give Colin what he has consistently said he wants, an opportunity to show his football readiness and desire to return to the NFL. Cap did address the media for about 90 seconds after. Here's what he had to say. It's important that y'all are here. Y'all been attacked for the last three years. Y'all continue to be attacked. We appreciate what y'all do. We appreciate you being here today. We appreciate the work you do for the people and telling the truth. That's what we want in everything. I've been ready for three years. I've been denied for three years. We all know why I came out here, showed it today in front of everybody. We have nothing to hide. So we're waiting for the 32 owners, the 32 teams, Roger Goodell, all of them to stop running. Stop running from the truth. Stop running from the people. We're out here. We're ready to play. We're ready to go anywhere. My agent, Jeff Nally, is ready to talk to any team. i interview with any team at any time. I've been ready. I'm staying ready. And I'll continue to be ready. And to all the people that came out here today to support, I appreciate y'all. I love y'all. To the people that aren't here, I'm thinking of you. I appreciate you supporting from where you are. We'll continue to give you updates as we hear. We'll be waiting to hear from Roger Goodell, the NFL, the 32 teams. We'll let you know if we hear from them. Ball's in their court. We're ready to go. All right. So, Raja Bell, your reaction to <clears throat> the weekend's events as it pertains to Colin Kaepernick was what? I am more confused now, <laughs> I think, than I ever was um, as it pertains to this situation with Kaepernick and the NFL. Uh, I said last week that when the NFL came out and 
I, I've heard people say they didn't have to do this. Like, you know, they're throwing the showing, you know, extending an olive branch that they don't necessarily have to do. And, you know, he should be grateful. Look, the NFL did it, and but they didn't do it in any way that was going to really help Colin Kaepernick. They hamstrung him the whole way through the process, right? By telling him, you know, on a, on a Tuesday that he was working out Saturday, couldn't tell him who his receivers were. You know, the, for a lot of reasons, they didn't make it what could have been a successful workout for Cap. So I want to say that up front. Um, I go out to all of these camps and stuff. Like, I take opportunities to go out. It's my way of giving back. And I talk to, like, youth. And one of my, like, biggest um, messages in the speeches that I give to kids is about the potential opportunities you may see in a lifetime, right? Mm -hmm. And I usually ask them, and I'll have them put their hands up, how many opportunities you think you'll see in a lifetime? And inevitably, one person will be like, 100, and you'll be like, yeah, maybe. Somebody else will be like, one, and you'll be like, yeah. But that's the point, right? You never know how many opportunities you're going to get in a lifetime. So when you get the opportunities, you must take them and try to take full advantage of that opportunity because you never know when it's going to come back around again. So to Colin, whether you were hamstrung and it was it was done disingenuously or what have you, it was an opportunity. If, in fact, you really do want to play football, this was an opportunity. There were going to be 24 people um, from various organizations there to watch you throw the ball. I personally would not let a waiver deter me from going out there. If I really wanted to play and I hadn't been given an opportunity in three years, a waiver would not have stopped me from getting on that field and showing off whatever I had in my tank. Um, and so then, I, you know, I'm like, okay, the waiver is an issue. Let's say you guys are just more legally buttoned up than I am because you don't trust the NFL. Okay, that's fine. To flip it, take it, you know, to to a, to a, a venue 60 miles away, do it in front of, you know, eight coaches, and then to come out after it and have that type of message, that doesn't really give me a lot of faith that you want to play football. Because you have to know that a league that didn't trust you enough to not have you in it for the last three years, when you go out there and you, and you have a press conference post-debacle like, like that, and it's challenging every single owner in the NFL and the commissioner, you have to know. If you don't, you're not as bright as you think you are. You have to know that that is not furthering the conversation about you playing in the NFL again. It's only distancing that from a possibility um, more so than it's already been, right? So I'm left as, as like, I have no idea what's going on here. I guess generally, I was left this weekend feeling like maybe, just maybe, and I've never really sided with this sentiment, Colin Kaepernick might not really want to play football. Like, I'm just, that's kind of where I sat. Like, either that or he's got some really... Some real bad advice coming out of his camp as to the way he should handle himself. Mm -hmm. One of the two. Yep. I I didn't think he wanted to play football again, but then I was starting to believe him as he was saying more and more, all I wanted to do was play. And so I was hopeful that, okay, maybe all these issues that they've had to deal with, the back and forth, the settlement, maybe he'd gotten some money. So he was like, okay, now that all of that's removed, I just want to play football. And right. that was everything you had heard from his camp and the limited tweets that you had seen was all I want is a chance to play football. So I was buying into that. The NFL, who you know was accused of blacking him out and blackballing him, said, oh, "Okay." And they, they did. Yes, they, they did. did. That. They did. And then they came out. And I was, but, and then they said, "Okay, we want to facilitate this." I don't know if I really believe them, but I was like, "Okay, maybe they do want to give him an opportunity." I was trying to look at the best of both sides, but from from the aftermath, I'm like, "Man, these these two sides deserve each other." Like they're they both dysfunctional. Yeah. Because I totally agree with you. I think Colin Kaepernick has gotten some horrific advice. Um, here, 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 sorry, but uh, you know, Colin, if Co look, 
if you've said, like, I actually think you've broken the mold. Like, you've actually done what you needed to do if you're Colin, right? Mm-hmm. You have said, all right, I'm going to take on the NFL. I'm going to take on these social justice type of issues uh, and, and shed light on them. The NFL did not want to participate. They blackballed you with that. You figured out a way to, to successfully sue them and file for a settlement. And what you got. And, yes. And you've leveraged that into making money on a Nike campaign, which probably puts you in a position where you might not need the NFL anymore. Exactly. You have done it. The only thing you don't get in that equation is to play football. But you, if you don't love the NFL and everything that it stands for, now you don't need them, baby. Like, you, you've you done what you need to do, right? If you're Colin Kaepernick, why are we still going on with the charade, I guess, at this point, that it's, I want to play. If if you really wanted to play football, Danny, uh, just Danny Cannell, right. would you let a waiver stop you from auditioning for 24 teams? I signed a waiver every time I had a workout. And I didn't, I didn't read them, to be honest. And this is more complex than that, but I would not let anything come in the way if I just wanted to play. I was Correct. trying to fight. I was willing to sign uh, a contract with the Denver Broncos. Normally, as a vested veteran, you're guaranteed your full year salary if all you do is make opening day roster. Right. I actually signed a waiver on there that said I would only make half of what I was supposed to make if I got hurt. Just because like I, want- I just wanted to yeah. play. I just wanted to extend my career. And I, I went anywhere to work out either. And I know he wanted to have his own receivers. I had probably 10 of these workouts, mm-hmm. right? And I was trying to get back in the NFL. Um, and I was called in. I'd get a call within 24 hours. Hey, you know, I'd get called on a Monday morning. Because that was when the teams were trying to figure out, oh, they had an injury at quarterback, and they'd say, all right, we need to fly you in. So I get a call Monday. You got to be ready to work out on Tuesday. Where am I going? Let's go. Never got to bring a receiver or choose a receiver. I know this situation is different, but you get there. There's a waiver. You got to go through a physical. Sure. You're going to meet with the team, and you're going to throw to whoever they throw out there. And sometimes there weren't even receivers out there. It was like, you know, like they had some ball boys that were out there catching, and they like almost worried about hurting the guy's head because the kid can't even right catch. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, right. well, I'm going to, I don't care. I'm just going to do what I can do. Um, I just, I, I was optimistic going in. I don't think he ever plays again now. Like, I don't even think it's a question. I was optimistic thinking, oh, this could play into something. 24 teams expressed interest. Yeah. But then when you hijack it because of the legal issue, those scouts who took off, cause they're not probably used to you scouting on Saturday. A lot of bridges. Than, right. Yes. You just, you, you, tr- again, I do have to worry about, you know, maybe they don't care. And and this is just like them rubbing the NFL's nose. That's what I. That's kind of what I take. When it goes back to, do you really want to play football? That's where I don't think he does either. And I think you sent a very clear message. There's some there's some questions I had too. So like when you say we just want to show everybody, we want to be transparent so everybody can see. What has prevented you from I don't know six months ago from just filming a workout, an entire workout, right? Put it all out there. And have it say, and then do a media session. You could, because if Colin Kaepernick says, I want to hold a workout and media is invited, it's going to, there are going to be all kinds of people sure. there. And you say, I don't care what teams are there. I'll send you all my video. You could have done that, you know? And, th- and then, but the fact that saying, I, I don't want to do it because media is not going to be allowed and you were worried about the trend, I don't, I don't understand that thought process. I think he's gotten horrific advice. The other thing I don't think either one of us or anybody could come even close to comprehending. Because I, I hear I hear Colin Kaepernick, and I hear him, you know, angry, and you can tell there's a lot of, you know, just hostility that's built up in sure. him. I don't think anybody can compliment how much hatred he has received in the past three years. Like, oh, I mean, no, you no. talk about villainous. Like, I think it's almost impossible for him at this point to see what we see, like from the outside, because he's just been hated on by so many people and so many insults and racist, well, like just awful things that have been thrown his way. I don't know if he can have 
like an optimistic point of view like I can. Like, hey, why don't you just go out there and work out? It's impossible. Yeah, completely jaded by the whole process, you right. have to imagine. Um, and, and like, look, I'll say this again. Like, I mean, I, we open the whole debate over whether or not what he did was all he was trying to do was bring awareness to something that is a real issue in this country. Uh, some people can't see it for what it is because you don't walk in those shoes every day. But it is a very real thing to some of us in this country. And that was all that he was trying to do there. He had consulting, consulted with Army uh, uh, and, and um, you know veterans and people who were in the military. I have people in my family that are in the military that supported what he was doing because they saw the value in it so that he that he was painted as such a villain and just this this terrible human being was a terrible tragic thing to begin with and i imagine that he is completely jaded and trusts no one throughout this whole process and i don't hold like any ill will or grudge towards him for that i'm simply saying that if you really wanted to play football and it all it just boils down to this like we can all of that is noise if you really want to play and that's all you want to do. And you feel like you haven't been given the opportunity to do that. And it's the one word I keep using. Here's your opportunity to do it. Is a waiver going to stop you from taking the opportunity? And when you let that waiver stop you from taking the opportunity and all the little things surrounding the waiver, I then have to wonder whether you really, really do want to play football. I think that's fair. I, I think so too. The other thing, I don't, and this might, this probably not gonna be. I don't blame the NFL for wanting a waiver. They already got sued once, and they already paid him a lot of money. And from the the extras that were in this liability waiver, we're pretty much protecting them from getting sued again. Correct. Like I understand that. Well, I, mean, I don't. You know, like I, I think I, that's a realistic expectation. So why wouldn't you sign off on that? If it's if you've already got your money, you got your settlement, and you're moving forward, like are you planning on suing again? This, like and maybe it is. I don't. Maybe then I did read some legal concern that people were saying the NFL could. Still be potentially sued again for the way this all unfolded. Like it's a, it's a it's a that, so dysfunctional. It's an absolute mess. Um, and you know the the other the other. I mean, look, it, so it's sometimes it's hard. Like I, I've been a person at times in my life that had authority issues. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes, like I you know, sometimes I'm in a better mood and sometimes I'm not. And sometimes I don't I don't like um to just fall in line with because you tell me right. I got to fall in line. But if you want something. And you and 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 someone else holds that your ability to do that in their hands, then you must fall in line. Right. Like you have to, because you don't hold your own fate in your hands as that is concerned. And you know, this is one of those situations where if for some reason you, you're not an authority guy and you don't usually like to bow to the the will of authority, um, then that's not for you. Because the NF you're not winning with the NFL when it comes to that. It's the NFL. They're telling you. Under what circumstances you're going to be able to do this. And if that doesn't make sense to you, then I would again say you must not really want to play football that bad. I think you make a really good observation because I do think that had a lot to do with this. Like you can't tell us how to correct. That's what that boiled down to. But ask anybody else who's had workouts. You do things on their terms. Correct. You know, if you want to play in their league, you have to you have to let them facilitate it. And I do think that had a lot to play with it. Um, the Eagles, Chiefs, Redskins, Jets, Titans, 49ers, and Lions are teams that were at the workout. No offer or workout with any other teams after this. Again, we'll keep you updated on it. CBS Sports HQ. I don't think he plays again after the way this uh, played out. And it's just going to be an, an unfortunate part of this whole thing. Uh, and we'll keep you updated on it. All right. 
Speaking of unfortunate uh, incidents, Tua Tonga-Valoa out for the year for Alabama. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. (laughs) Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now. All right, welcome back to Canell and Bell. So college football over the weekend, Alabama was playing Mississippi State. Uh, they were up 35-7. to It's right before the half. Tua Tonga-Valoa, who was questionable to start the game because of his ankle injury, which he had surgery on and played against LSU and played pretty well. But he was questionable for that game. He's out there in warm-ups. Apparently, he talked to Nick Saban and said, hey, I want to play. I'm good. So Nick Saban plays him. And then again, was still kind of out there you know, doing his exercises. Um, goes out and has one of the most unfortunate injuries that you've seen maybe in college football history when you think of the magnitude of the you know the team, the dynasty, the player, how well he's been, the expectations at the next level. The actual it, injury. Yeah, the actual injury itself, uh, dislocating your hip, is one of the most serious things you could have. Um, I guess the good news is that Alabama has come out saying he's scheduled to have surgery today and a full recovery is expected. But it's sort of like when we talk about Kevin Durant, like with the Achilles, like you're not going to be the same. You may be able to come back and uh, by medical terms be fully recovered. But how much does it impact your ability to play? I think is very much in doubt for Tua. There's a lot of different angles uh, to get into with this. Do you have any problem with him playing in the game from the stand- from the standpoint of when it was in the game? They were up 35-7. Do you put blame on Nick Saban? Where do you stand on the way this transpired. I want to be careful about blaming Nick Saban. Like I, I, you know, a coach, when you, when you've got a player as good as Tua, who's saying he's okay and medical's clearing him and trainers are clearing him, coach is going to play him. You know, that's what coaches do. They're, they're in the business of winning games. So I don't want to blame Nick Saban. I do think that medical staffs and trainers at, 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 um, you know, Places like Bama and and even you know Golden State and and it's a very tough job for them the protection of a player from oneself um, and the making sure that the interest of the club is met because the player is so good and I'm not judging I, it's just a hard job mm-hmm. right especially with injuries where you're like you know the guy's telling you yeah he's good to go and you're looking at him and he doesn't look 100 percent but he doesn't look 50 percent you know and and that's got to be a hard job too so I want to be fair to them. Um, I'm on record of saying I don't think he should have played in the LSU game. Um, if you're Tua, I don't know that you have a whole lot to gain. Um, what we said at that point, or at least what I remember us saying, was your injury like report or history now is starting to have a laundry list of things on it, so that when you go to the combine as an NFL uh, pr- prospective player, you know it's giving people more stuff to comb through and more reservation to have as to whether or not 
you can be a healthy and 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 uh, NFL player with a with a long career. And so jeopardizing that and throwing him back out on the field compromised Danny. And he was compromised. Mm-hmm. He was compromised in the LSU game. Yep. And even on that play, I've seen Tua run. That boy didn't look like he, he he couldn't escape. He couldn't get anywhere. And so I do believe that this injury is a result of playing a compromised player when I don't think he should have been on the field. I'm not blaming anyone. I, Tua in camp has to be you know culpable in this too. Although most 20-year-olds, 19-year-olds, when asked if they want to play, they're going to tell you yes. At least the competitive ones are. It becomes someone else's job to protect the player at times from themselves. And I don't think they did a good job. That's what I think, too, is something that um, has to come into the equation. I think sometimes we forget as we're moved further and further from the game as players what it's like to be on a team and what it's to be like to mentally feel like there's a lot of – I need to be out there for my guys. I I did that to a a fault where – you know, I played when I had my back was injured. I got shot up for the totally. game. I probably shouldn't have. It, mm-hmm. I, I think it impacted the perception of me because I went out and had an awful game through three picks. And it was kind of a start of a decline in my career. Um, and not who knows if I would have been good anyway, but I, I wanted to go out and play. I didn't have anybody that said, you know, hey, maybe you should make sure you're better. Like, make sure you're 100%. Or just, what does it matter? You can just take this week off. There's 16 games. I never had him. I just right. wanted to play with my teammates. I think that's what Tua was thinking. Hey, I want to win a national championship, and I want to do everything I can to go out there with my guys. I see all these other guys. They have injuries. I don't treat myself any differently, but he is different because he is a potential number one overall pick in those things. I put more blame on the college football system, which rewards style points, running up the score, game control, all these stupid stats that the committee looks at to try to determine who the final four best teams are. If you were Alabama, and even if you had lost LSU – and you're playing against Mississippi State, a team you probably could have beat with Mac Jones, your backup, and you could have just won. Let's say you could have won 13 to three or 10 seven, whatever score, ugly score, right? And it wouldn't impact you. Then I bet Nick Saban probably looks at it a little bit differently and says, "All right, let's roll out Mac Jones. You start. Two, I see you're healthy. Let's see if we can sneak by this one, and we won't play you unless maybe we're down or we all of a sudden need you." And they wouldn't have needed him. Right. They were that much significantly better. So I put some blame on the system for that one. Um, I wouldn't, and I don't, in the game itself, I don't blame him either. It's a two minute drill. They haven't been that good in the two minute against LSU. Remember, he threw the interception. Sure. You want to get some positive reps, and a lot of teams will go out there and the startles will just play the first half. It just right. kind of, you give your backups a chance to get better warmed up. Mentally, they get a chance to get ready to go in the game. So I had no problem with Tua playing in that, spe- in that uh, specific situation. I don't, I think people that are blaming Nick Saban really aren't familiar with the mindset of athletes or coaches when right. they're thinking, hey, we got to go out and win this game. Um, so from from the perspective, obviously we want Tua to get better. Like that should be the first thought out of all sure. of our minds. Hey man, prayers for him. Full recovery. It's going to be tough. It really is. I mean, mentally, emotionally, um, financially, mm-hmm. the impact it could have. And I'm sure there's a lot of things racing through his mind. He seems like he has a really good perspective on things. There was a video of him dancing in his hospital bed. Like, right. You know, he's got a, he's got a really infectious personality, which is I think one of the reasons he's a really good leader on that team. I do have concerns about his draft stock. Um, I think it was kind of dropping. Because remember, before the season, it was tank for Tua. Miami, whoever has the number one t- pick, it's tank for Tua. Right. And then you've also had the emergence of Joe Burrow, which is you know maybe knocked into that somewhat. But I also think Tua's injury history was starting to take its toll as well, where you've had multiple incidents before this one. You had surgeries on both ankles 
uh, in the last year. You've had a finger that required surgery. You've had, you know, quad and sprained knee injuries. I do think the accumulation of those were something that would be concerning to NFL teams because that is durability is something that becomes evaluated. And I think that was already hurting him, and this isn't going to help it. Yep, the best of the, uh, the best ability is availability. Um, and if you're getting, here's the deal: if you're getting banged up in college, they only get bigger, faster, and stronger when you get to the NFL. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and so you have to have concern if you're an NFL quarterback. Uh, I mean, an NFL franchise about you know just his durability. Now, I don't know if that concern knocks him out of the first round like I don't know to what degree the concern will be I don't know right. if it allows like a Justin Herbert or a Jordan Love to to move up someone's draft board ahead of him I can't quantify it but I do know that it's going to give a lot of people just a little bit more pause than they would have normally had because this this is not a tethering of the two uh, uh, lower leg bones together to make it strong. This is a significant injury. Mm-hmm. There is a dislocated hip, which are already problematic, like areas to be messing around with, and a fracture of the wall there. That's it. This isn't. This, these aren't high ankle sprains or you know MCL repairs. This is not that. This is a significant injury. I do think um, there's a couple different aspects that it's going to be a really tough decision for him because I think there is a conversation that could be had. Of is it better for him to return to Alabama for uh, one more year? You know, do you do, well, And it depends on where, because this is going to be a really tough decision for him because he's going to have to meet with his family and, you know, the medical staff. And then he's also going to want to get a projection of where you're you, going to be projected. Because if he's still, if it's still a top 10 pick or top 15, then you go oh. easily. But if there's a potential you could slide into the second round and all of a sudden that 20 million that you could be guaranteed as a top five goes down to two. Yep. And the risk, you know, uh, or the potential reward if you go back to Alabama and you showcase a full season where you're healthy, you get back that 20. Yeah. Then that becomes a really complicated decision that he's going to have to make. Who's in um, that quarterback class, though? That quarterback class is loaded, too, though. Yeah, oh, you're like, ap- you, you would have, have to look into that. You have Trevor um, Lawrence, yep. uh, Justin Fields. Like, yep. You'll have some absolutely, But, but I, he could play his way back. I, absolutely. I understood. And understood. We saw, you know, we're seeing it become more commonplace where you know we had five quarterbacks taking the first round. Right. You know, three in the top 11. That just 11. sucks for him, man. It That's does. Tough. It sucks uh, for him, absolutely. The other thing that I don't know, and I am assuming that Bama has done this, is have an insurance policy. Yeah. Where, you know, there are two types. You can have one where if it's career ending, which we don't think this is, hopefully it's not, that you would get whatever, you know, 10 million, 20 million, whatever you had bought and however much you had bought. Right. There also is loss of value, which is a little bit tougher to prove and a little bit um, tougher to get the payouts on it. But it has happened before where let's say he drops the second round, but he has a loss of value for seven, eight million, ten million. I don't know the number. Yes. But then you could say, you know what, I'm still going to come out. If I drop, I'm still going to make up that compensation. But then it becomes interesting because then I think a team might even say, oh, at some point, some team is going to say it's worth the risk. Of course. We don't know. And Jalen Smith is a really good example. Uh, the Notre Dame linebacker who plays for the Dallas Cowboys, who was had a really nasty injury in the Fiesta Bowl, and everybody was pounding the table saying, oh, I can't believe he played in his bowl game with his team. And Jerry Jones said, I'm going to take a risk on him. And they weren't even sure he was going to walk. They took him, and it took a while. But then he came back, he balled out, and then guess what he got this year? He got his big payday, which was awesome. Those stories are great to hear. But I think it's going to be very complicated the next three or four months for Tua to make a really, really tough decision oh. for a 20-year-old. Yeah, you have to have – it's got to be – I mean, I couldn't even imagine that. I, just picking a college was a hard thing, like figuring out right. whether you're going to stay in it or go pro. That's a whole nother conversation. Um, 
it's going to he has to have and I'm imagining he has the best representation like he can get to get a real true pulse uh, on on where people are kind of considering him. Right. You know, and I do. I know a lot of people might hear this and say, no, no, Nick Saban's going to do what's best for his team. I do think Nick Saban will give him good advice. I think Nick would, too. Yeah, I do. I think he'll tell him, hey, you got this chance. You need to go or and if, if, if Nick Saban said to come back. I think a lot of people would crush Nick Saban. I don't necessarily think that's automatically bad advice or no. selfish advice. I no. think it might be in the big picture. It might be something smart. I do think it's interesting, though. Um, two things. Uh, one, when you mentioned like coming out hurt um, anyway and letting someone roll the dice, that team would probably be a team with an established vet who yes. is twilight. Usually, like good teams that would take a swing at you in that space – will set you up probably for more success as a young quarterback. Now, you'll have to wait a couple years, right. but you're probably in a better franchise, right? Because yep. one of those young, terrible franchises with bad quarterbacks are scooping up whoever's healthy because they need the immediate impact. So, yep. I mean, that could be a blessing in disguise if you had the loss of value policy. The other thing that I think is interesting is his brother's sitting there waiting to play at Alabama. Right, right. And so, like, the family's decision, when you're trying to get two of them there, mm-hmm. um, it might not be as easy as you think to send them back. You know right. what I mean? Because yep. like baby brother's sitting there like, like I, I want to play in the NFL too. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. That, that becomes an interesting conversation just within the family. Definitely does. What's yeah, up? Um, I don't know. I mean, this we'll find out more. He's supposed to have the surgery today, and then we'll find more later in the week about what the time frame is. But a lot of the time, people are saying it's between 6 to 12 months. If it's a 12-month yep. recovery, he's not playing football next year. So if he goes back to college, he may not even be in the – until he might have the medical red shirt then be in the 2022 draft, right? Like, would he even be in the 2021 draft if he goes to college next year and doesn't play? Well, see, here's the thing, and this is where all of this becomes a decision. Let's say it's a year, which would be your worst case. Like, all Tua needs to probably play in is three games at the end of next year to show that he's fully shown. Because they've already seen enough film. You know what he can do. They just need to show him healthy. They can't do that you don't. I don't think if you're Tua and you have to wait two more years, you're not coming they back. They can't do that at Alabama. What they can't they can't play nine games at Alabama. They're always in a in a cha- like a champion. Right. Spot. They can't roll out like baby bro for nine games. Maybe and be like be killing everybody and right. then say, "Hey, Tua, we're going to give you three games to get your stock up." Like that, you know what I mean? Like be tough. that is a real sticky situation for them. I think he's probably going to come out. Yeah, I think he has to. I, again, I'm telling like families that you know, not even Bama, but even from a family perspective. Let's say Tua doesn't have to play next year. You got to wait two years. You're going to let little bro like. Right. Play a year at Bama, and then Big Bro comes back in in his in his sophomore year and gets the reps. Like that's a mess. It is, man. That's a dicey situation for sure. And uh, of course, all uh, prayers and hopes for Tua to oh, come no back fully as he's got his surgery today, and we'll keep you updated on that. Welcome back to Canel and Bell. So the Ravens and Texans played yesterday in what was billed to be this incredible matchup between Deshaun Watson and Lamar Jackson. I was all in, saying, "Hey, these are two most dynamic quarterbacks we've seen." Changing the way the game is played. A little bit surprised at how bad the Texans played in this one, but of course you got to give a lot of credit to the Baltimore Ravens, who were fantastic in this one, including Lamar Jackson. But the one takeaway I had from this game: I need a hype man. I need a hype man to come on here <laughs> and do a- the intro to the show every single day because that's what Lamar's got. Mark Ingram introed Lamar Jackson at his press conference. Here it is. Now I would just like to introduce y'all to the man, the myth, the legend. The MVP front runner. If anybody else got to say something different about that, then come see me. Yeah. I'm right here in Beemore outside the bank. If you got an issue with that, come see me. Wolfie. I'm about that. Wolfie. Big trust. Woo, woo. Lamar Jackson Wolfie. in the flesh. 
Yes, sir. <laughs> Trust. New era. I'm with you. I'm with you. New Era ain't apparel. that is fantastic that was mark ingram uh right was he's finishing up and i'm sure he knows like they all really want to talk to lamar jackson right there and so he gave him the intro there the hype man that was awesome i do think just in that little glimpse too you can see how much his teammates love him and he really is a likable guy i mean i covered him a lot and talked to him met him a couple times when he was at louisville he really is just a really likable guy with an infectious personality which I think is a reason you're seeing stuff like this and the amount of success he's having. Um, yeah, I mean, that position, like you, you would know this. You have to have the personality um, that translates to a lot of different people, right? Like you have to be able to galvanize a whole locker room. Like you, you, people have to want to follow you. Those are, those are qualities that are either innate. You don't really develop those. Those are, those are things that you're born with. Um, and he's had those since he played youth football, right? So, like, the people coming – when he's coming out talking about maybe him going to receiver and stuff like that, like, it, it, that's silly. The man's been a quarterback his whole life, and he's a and he's a quarterback at heart. Do you know what I mean? And so you can even – you know, he's still got to get up there and say, hey, I'd rather throw than run, um, you know, and, 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 and put some of that to bed. I think that's comical. What I do find interesting, though, because – you know, I've always said that you want him to you want him to run and give you the best chance to like win, but you also want him to grow in the space of becoming a passer so that you can start to like, you know, scale back on the running and enhance the ability to pass, right? So those so that ratio can become more in balance and and therefore hopefully allow him to play longer so he doesn't get hurt. Right. I think you see him developing like before your eyes as a as a real passing threat. Like he can run the hell out of the ball. Yep. He's as a dynamic a player as there is in the NFL. Any position, hands down, you put him out there with anybody, he makes them look like they're average athletes. But you see him now throwing the ball. And I know people could tell me, like, you know, the offense is built around him and they run a specific, you know, three tight end. I don't give a damn about any of that. Right. He's still putting balls in places where they need to be put and making plays with his arm. And that's what you want to see while this while while Lamar Jackson continues to grow as an NFL player the prospect of him only getting better in that space is scary scary, scary for every defensive coordinator out there he's really accurate uh like throws underneath 10 yards down the field right and that's awesome that's like a lot of guys struggle with that area tom brady's a per- he he shreds defenses like that mm-hmm. that's what lamar jackson does i still think the one area he has to do is kind of vertical passing game throwing up the seams and to the outside but you can get better at that um he's young yeah. Do you know how old he is? He's like so, 21 years old. Is he 22? 22. Do you know who's older than him? Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is older. He's a month older than Lamar Jackson. Yeah. And they, he's in his second year in the NFL and having this much success. Wait till you. Yeah, I don't think you've scratched the surface of just how good he can be. I'd still, the one thing I am, and it's, I would just be disingenuous if I didn't say it. I still get worried when I see him run like, man, what if he gets hurt? But I think we need to change our oh, mind what? of thinking. I don't get nervous when I watch Christian McCaffrey or anybody else that runs around as much as they do. I think that's just the new NFL, and he has a knack for protecting his body. My dad um, played football um, in college. I didn't play football, so I, I like I, I. You know, when my sons are coming up playing football, I, I defer to to my dad talking to them about you know like technically what to do out there. My son is one of my sons is a quarterback, um, and he and he's he's got a running ability like so he'll pull it down and he'll go sometimes and my dad always talked to him about being the hammer or the nail if you can't get out of bounds yep. right being the hammer or the nail and i think when i'm watching lamar jackson like that crazy run he had yesterday when that safety came over to get him he wasn't putting himself in a surrendering position to to like take an awkward hit and become injured on some freaky play right 
he is the hammer. Like he is coming in saying, all right, I'm going to protect myself. You protect yourself and maybe we'll both get up. <laughs> right. But you know what I mean? I do think there's something to be said for quarterbacks running and then, you know, trying to overprotect and wind up taking a, 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 a freaky weird hit and hurting something. That kid, Like when he pulls it down, he's looking to, to hammer something, you know? I think he's going to win the MVP over Russell Wilson. You know why? Like the highlights. The highlights, the newness. Yeah. Um, everybody loves him. You know, I think Russell Wilson has a share of haters. He's almost too polished, looks too perfect. Lamar Jackson, very likable. He's new to the scene. Like, I think all those reasons, unless he just has a couple bad games, throws some picks. Right. If it's close and they both have really good seasons to great seasons, well, Lamar I think Lamar will I win agree it. with you. I think there's also an East Coast bias. I mean, I think in everything, Heisman, any voting scenario – I think you just see more games in prime time and, or at one o'clock when most people are watching. And that's not to take anything no. away from Russ because he's no. playing fantastic. Right. I do agree with you on like, look, you know, leagues in general, you give them, you give them a new, a new toy. Yeah. Like, and it's close. <laughs> you know, they, they want to get that new toy out there in front of everybody and campaign around it and, you know, Absolutely. commercial it up and do what you got to do. Right. Yep. He'll, uh, he'll jump over Russell Wilson because Russell uh, has a bye this week. So he obviously has a point. I think right. odds makers will jump. Bias I got bit. a stat for you. In three out of the last four weeks, Lamar Jackson has head to head wins over Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, and Deshaun Watson. Like, if you want like resumes, what do you want me to do? Yeah. Can't get much better than that it's with that impressive. gauntlet that he had right there. Keep an eye out on my man, Kirk Cousins. Yep. Maybe we'll get to him the rest of the week because he had a pretty pr- uh, impressive performance. You know what I also like about Lamar real quick before what? we go to break? Humility. Yeah. No, he really is. He, he subtly will tell you, like, yeah, I'm a running back, so like whatever. Right. But when they ask him about like his team, man, he is to the point. Um, you know, he's still there's still some polish that he'll 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 uh He'll get on him at the mic as he gets older, and 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 he's got more reps at it. But generally speaking, his message is on script, matter of fact, and to the team. Yep, and very humble. And you know the the video that went viral when John Harbaugh, his coach, went over to him on the sideline. It was really it was an impressive like inter- interchange because Harbaugh's like, "Hey man, there's kids watching. They're wearing your jerseys. You're gonna change the game. Twenty years, they'll be talking about what you did for the NFL." Yeah. And what did Lamar say? He's like. Nah, coach, I got to win a Super Bowl first. Like he, that's all he was hey. focused on. Hey, we got to win a Super Bowl first. Right. And that's the ultimate mindset of what you would want in your franchise quarterback. He's not worried about his stats. He's not worried about whether he gets hurt. He's worried about winning football games. He doesn't yeah. care what the offense looks like. Because a lot of times you've seen, and you know, you've seen African American quarterbacks want to play the game the way it's traditionally yeah. been to prove it. And he hasn't complained once. He said, you know what? Whatever you guys call, I'm going to run it, and it's working awesome, which is really cool to see. Uh, we were off on Friday. So we did not get to talk about this. I am fascinated. Let's just get into it right here. Let's do it. Miles Garrett on Thursday Night Football against uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers gets into it with Mason Rudolph. He has one of the most controversial, nastiest incidents of in the mm-hmm. history of the NFL when he gets Mason Rudolph's helmet and bops him over the helmet with it without while Mason is not wearing a helmet. Right. Your reaction was what? He's very lucky. He's Miles very, Garrett is. He, Miles Garrett is and Mason Rudolph. Yeah. They're both very lucky that that helmet didn't connect with the crown side down and flush on the top of his head. Because um, this would that would have been just a, a possible tragedy. Yeah. Um, so that was my first thought. My, my other thought was, like, Mason Rudolph tried to pull the man's helmet off. And the man got up and yanked Mason Rudolph's helmet off. And then they got separated. And then Mason Rudolph ran over there 
still trying to get some more action. And so I don't think that you can – I don't know that he's blameless in that. What Miles Garrett did is inexcusable uh, punishment. I got no beef with it. Like, do whatever you got to do. Because once you do that, you've 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 messed up. Right. Um, but I do think that if Mason doesn't act the way Mason acts, that that could have probably been avoided. Is that fair? Totally. I So – I was getting annoyed because like we live in this and it's social media's fault, but like this outrage culture um, where everybody gets really upset. So there you heard calls for Miles Garrett never to play again. Stop it. You heard uh, calls for him, um, you know, assault charges should be pressed. You heard all these different. And I was like, can we just step back for a second and look at a player who really doesn't have a history? There were some videos going around that they claimed were dirty. I didn't think they were that dirty. The hit against Trevor Simeon for the Jets, he tackled him. The guy broke his leg. It right. wasn't his fault that the quarterback broke his leg. There was another one where he open hand, he hit somebody upside the head, and it was a normal scuffle that happens almost in every single game at right. some point in that game. By all accounts, he's been a really good guy. Like he stayed in trouble. A fan hit him in the face, and he turned the other side, like didn't do anything, didn't right. respond to that fan, which is kind of remarkable like, thinking about this now. Um, I've always said this whenever anybody has an incident that's really ugly like imagine if your worst moment probably in your life is displayed in front of millions and millions of people like that would suck right and it doesn't excuse it but like can we just kind of look at this maybe being his worst moment and that's all it is right and it's an awful moment and he deserves to be punished for it but to say he should never be allowed to be played football again that's dumb to say that assault charges should be pressed is dumb. This is a sport. Like all these players, when you step on that field, you know it's different. It is not your normal workplace. It's not if what happened if we stepped outside here and somebody grabbed a helmet and hit you over the time. That's not what it is. It's a competitive field where there are scuffles that are going to happen. There are going to be moments where you lose your temper. Now, that doesn't excuse it at all. And I thought the NFL handled Miles Garrett's suspension perfectly. Sent a strong message. Over a million dollars it's going to cost him. They said it's indefinite. He has to show remorse. Um, and the the indefinite quiets all the people that said, oh, this isn't harsh enough. Because they really can't say anything. Right. They have what to wait you, and see. Correct. And you know what will happen in six weeks? They'll forget about it. Like in today's society. Yeah. Usually it blows over. And I know this is serious. And I know people will still probably write some columns about it. But from the general, like everybody will forget about it. And my hunch is that he'll go. He'll apologize. About it. He's already been apologetic. Right. He'll go there and he'll move on. I think the NFL totally missed the ball by not suspending Mason Rudolph. A game. Correct. He should have been one game minimum. I was actually really – so they gave they Garrett six or indefinite rest of the season six. I was fine with that. I would have been okay if it was four. Mm -hmm. Like I thought I thought that would have sent a really severe message, but they wanted to go over the top. You have to make sure this never happens again. I also was pleased. I don't want to say pleased because you don't want to be pleased about anything this, but I think they got Marquise Pouncey right too because oh. what he did, he threw multiple haymakers. Kicking and then head. when somebody's on the ground, yeah. and you, that's an assault too. Correct. Like it's Correct. it's a fight. There are no rules in a fight. But if you want to send a message that we can't have this happen again, they gave him three games. I thought that was a solid message for them to send. But I think they totally missed the ball in not giving Miles Garrett a game. Uh, now, they're uh, still Rudolph. saying Miles, Miles uh, Mason Rudolph. Yeah. Mason Rudolph a game. I thought they totally missed the boat on that. There is going to be a fine levied. If it's not significant, and I'm saying like a hundred thousand, I don't. I think that shows a double standard that favors quarterbacks, and it's it's the wrong message to send. If you truly don't want this to happen, you need to send the player that was chasing after him that did initially try to take Miles yeah. Garrett's helmet off. You need to send a message just as strong to him. And if they don't, I think they completely missed the ball on this one. I agree. Both teams were fined 250k too. I think that was the smart thing to do as well. Um, but in any case, we'll see what happens. And I do hope Miles Garrett. He's been remorseful. 
hopefully this doesn't define his career. I think it probably will, but I still think he's a he's a good professional who's going to turn this around and show people that that's not what's going to define him. So we'll have to see how that plays out. Welcome back to Canal and Bell. So Kansas was playing Monmouth. No surprise. They were up 110 to 55 to close out the game. There's 21 seconds left. Kansas has the ball. They're just running out the shot clock, right? Dribbling up around half court. Yeah. They're not going to do anything. They're right. just letting the clock roll out. Okay. Monmouth has a guy named George Pappas, who he's a little you know guard, white guy. He's What's looking that at him. Do I don't know. It just kind of annoys me even more What's about it because it looks bad for my people. Oh. So he goes out there. <laughs> he goes out there, and you can see him. He's noticing it, and you can see his right. wheels start spinning. Yeah, Here riding. it is. He kind of notices it, sneaks up, this little sneaky uh, let me thing, get that. gets the steal, takes it the other way, Pipe it and on him. dunks it. Okay, I don't have a problem with the dunk. What are you doing talking trash? That's the biggest That's problem fair, I have with it. Fair. What are you doing? Fair. And like, bleepity bleep. No, you said, I, you said, yeah. I don't give a text. Yeah. Said, I don't give a Yeah, exactly. But what what do you have to be talking smack about? Like, I, I do not understand that. I can't argue with you about that. <laughs> Thank you. The steal, the dunk. No, the steal, um, I think all of it, I would have kicked him off my team. The steal, come on, man. <laughs> What's a kid supposed to be doing, man? He's out there playing. No, he's supposed to be letting the clock run Why? out. Why? Because this is how fights happen. That's not how fights. Listen, we're, there's still time on a clock. We are still in a no. game. No. How it's often do I get to come this to Rupp? Bush League. Where were they? Where were you, Kansas? Yes. How often do I get to go to Allen Fieldhouse or whatever yeah. and play in front of people? We're already getting You already had I don't even know. Does he play a lot of minutes? You had 40 minutes to Might do Might be his only opportunity this year to get on the court and get a dunk. I'm, listen, we talked about opportunity. Okay? <laughs> I mean, I'm going to treat you like I treat these little kids at basketball camp. You had a we whole game opportunity. for opportunity. Well. You had a whole game for opportunity. And there was one more. And you got dunked on earlier in the game. And then I got one more opportunity and I got my get back. <laughs> That's stupid. Now I'm with and you on yelling in the George space. George right. Pappas plays on. 14 minutes a game. George Pappas, take your opportunities, bro. So he had 13 bro. minutes and 30 seconds in those uh, minutes. It's to get your opportunity. Listen, you got me messed up. If you think I'm going to be standing there watching you dribble out a clock when I know I'm about to get the steal and get it dunk, sorry, bro. No, wait. Sorry. You got to do – that's like the guys that fight after a game. Like, where was – in football, where was all the fight during the game when you can do it legally? I mean, I think they fought during the game. It's Monmouth and Kansas, bro. They could <laughs> fight as hard as they could fight. There's only so much you could do. All right, we'll have to agree to disagree. The other uh, bit of news that came out of basketball from the high school ranks, Sierra Canyon – Home of uh, who? Who all do they have? They, they have, have several. They have NBA Zaire players. Wade. They have Bronny James. I believe they have Kev, uh, Kenyon a, Martin. Several son. I don't NBA know his players' name. sons on the team. So ESPN has announced a deal to show 15 of their games this season. Majority of them on ESPN three, where you can stream them online, or Good and you them. have also a game on ESPN two. Uh, I'm, it's not surprising at all. Uh, high school football is already a big ratings bonanza for a lot of people, us included. Yeah. ESPN plays a lot of them too. At what point are people going to start saying, because we say it in, coll- in college, why aren't we paying these kids? I mean, if they're – It's going to creep into it before yeah. long. It's going to creep school, into Once it. the high schools start getting them big checks from, from um, you know – Look, recruiting TV. is already a massive business that does a lot of clicks and a lot of inf- – so if recruiting is big, people want to watch them play. So I'm not blaming the networks for doing it. A lot of them. You know, them. it's kind of – a lot of them are getting paid by their colleges anyway, so it's not. Oh yeah, yeah, the players, yeah, 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 yeah for sure. No, they absolutely are. So, like, as far as like, if anybody's criticizing, you know, networks for showing them, I don't blame them at all. Because no, people good for, will watch. Good for the networks. Good for the teams. Hey, that's yeah. Oh, pretty, it's that's, great that's, exposure. That's super, yeah, I'm sure. I would have like, in high school too. Get an American Heritage game. <laughs> there you, yeah, get on it. Let's go, Heritage <laughs> playing right here. Let's go, make it happen. All right, everybody, enjoy your Monday. We're back tomorrow. Ken Ellen Bell. <laughs>